0: Welcome to the Expat cast. This is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole. Happy Thanksgiving to all my u s American listeners in the spirit of Thanksgiving, I want to share a message that that might surprise listeners. I want to share that I am thankful for my rival podcaster Sean. Sean hosts the Germany Experience, and you know what, I I haven't actually like dissed him on the podcast in a while, so let me just give some context for anyone who's not familiar. Sean started his podcast, I don't know, maybe like a year after mine, and back then we were really like the first two foreigners in Germany podcasts, I would say, at least that I'm aware of. And we became quick and fast rivals, because our podcasts are really similar. And we've taken that rivalry very serious for all these years now, in the form of continuing to hang out whenever we're near each other's towns, collaborating on projects, sharing guests, sending each other emotional support through the years. And yeah, I think I'm ready to admit it. We're not just rivals, we're we're friends. Oh no. Oh no, what a terrible thing to say. <laughs> Through our years-long rivalry, Sean and I have put our differences aside every Christmas season and worked together on a project to raise money to donate to a charity of our choosing. And historically, we've always done this in rivalry format. We've done it as a competition to see whose listeners could donate more. The first year was called Fegapodfo, the first ever Germany expat podcaster's advent donation (laughs) face-off. Second year was Segapodfo, the second ever... Germany Expat Podcasters Advent Donation Face Off. Last year was the Regapodfo. You get the idea. This year it's Fogapodfo, the fourth ever Germany Expat Podcasters Advent Donation Face Off. Although realistically, it's not really a face off this year because Sean and I decided we should just team up. We are raising money for one charity. We are not competing to see who can raise more. We are just hoping to raise the most money possible for this great cause. This year, we were in complete agreement what we wanted to do for our charity. We wanted to do something to help the Ukrainian refugees that have come to Germany since the war broke out in February. Our charity of choice this year is called Krisenchat Ukrainian. So it's the crisis hotline for Ukrainians in Germany. Basically, this project is specifically offered for children and youths under the age of 25, who have been impacted by the war in Ukraine. Whether they are in Germany, in Ukraine, or somewhere else entirely, they can reach out to this phone number over WhatsApp and receive free psychological advising. Best of all, it's in their mother tongue, so this service is offered in Ukrainian and in Russian, and people can choose which language is best suited for them. This project has a large fundraising goal, but it's broken down into chunks of 5,200 euros because that is what it takes to have a long-term financing behind these Ukrainian-speaking therapy psychological services. That's where you guys come in. We would love it if you could drop anywhere from 5 euros, 10 euros, all the way up to last year we had a couple hundred euro donations. If you want to donate whatever you can to this cause, that would mean the world to us. I'm putting a link in the show notes to where you can find more information about exactly where to donate, thegermanyexperiencede slash charity 2022. In conclusion, Fogapodfo is off to the races. I'm so thankful to be able to organize something like this. I'm so thankful for Sean as a, dare I say, formal rival (laughs) for being a partner in this. So that's my Thanksgiving message. Speaking of Thanksgiving, I had to have a fellow US American on this week so that we can talk a little bit about our Thanksgiving traditions abroad. So this week I'm talking to Jo, who moved from the Western United States to Austria about a year and a half ago. You might know her from her amazing travel content on Instagram. She tells us all about the planning and the inspiration behind her travels, and then we get into a really cool way to compare and contrast Germany and Austria, because although we're neighbors. I really don't know that much about Austria and Joe doesn't really know that much about Germany. So we decided to try to find out what the similarities and differences are between these two countries. We had a lot of fun making this episode and I hope you guys have a lot of fun listening. Enjoy!
1: My name is Johanna. I go by Joe. I'm from the United States, originally the Midwest. I was born and raised in Ohio. Then I spent about 9-10 years in the Western United States, Utah, Colorado, New Mexico, and I now live in Vienna, Austria with my husband and we've been here for a little over a year and a half, I believe.
0: What brought you guys over here?
1: Yeah, so my husband applied for a um, a job at the United Nations in Vienna. It's We kind of were open to the idea of moving abroad and that, that came up through mutual friends and people that he worked with at home. So it just worked out.
0: That's really, really cool. Because I was going to say like, okay, on one hand, straightforward, it was just a job opportunity. But on the other hand, like it's not every day that someone in the Western United States comes across a job listing in Vienna and just as casually like, yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He So what happened was he had a mentor at um, work in New Mexico where we were living right before I came here. And his mentor had taken this same job and and had stayed here for I think seven years because he loved it so much. And so he wow. told my husband about it. So we couldn't pass it up.
0: That's really, really cool. And I mean, okay, so you're not seven years in, but a year and a half in. How's it been so far? Right. Yeah.
1: Um, I would say overall it's been really amazing. Like obviously we're very happy that we chose to come here. Of course it hasn't been without its difficulties and but it's been absolutely worth it to us and, and we're really happy to be here and we it's it's a two year position technically he would be done working come april but we are thinking about extending the position for another year
0: well at least you knew from that mentor guy that like there was a good risk that you would love it so much that you would want to stay longer <laughs> exactly
1: exactly yeah yeah
0: <laughs> yeah and it seems like you've really been making the most of it i mean we we know each other through through instagram and you make these really really awesome reels of your like beautiful photography, videography of all of your trips. So I would love to hear just a little bit about your travel and like how, I don't know, you go so many places. Like, how do you even decide where to go? (laughs) (laughs) That is a good question.
1: Um, Travel is kind of the overall reason that we chose to move here, right? We were young. We don't have kids. We were like, now's the time. So really when people ask us about the move we tell them that it really wasn't so much a career move as it was a lifestyle move and just an opportunity to take advantage of this while we can so we've had the mentality of travel as much as possible see as much as possible because we knew that we had this this expiration date on how long we would be here so yeah with that we've we've really tried to travel if not every weekend at least two or three weekends out of the month and and we just really use my husband's time off wisely as for how we choose man i, I mean i would say a lot of, i get a lot of my inspiration from instagram but i also just spend Hours and hours on Google Maps, looking at <laughs> at new countries and new cities, and and where can we drive to? Where can we fly to? A, a lot of time looking at maps, thinking, "Huh, I've never been to this country. Let's see what it has to offer."
0: I think it's really cool too that you've you've been to a lot of places, be it cities or countries that maybe aren't like the first five. Top places that, like, an American coming to Europe would think of. I mean, even Austria in and of itself, like, maybe people have heard of Vienna, but I don't think most people are, like, really top prioritizing that. And then from there, I feel like, yeah, you've been around a lot of more of, like, Eastern Europe and some places that, like, I don't know, for people who have been there, they're like, oh my gosh, yes, they're the coolest places ever. <laughs> but right. the problem is, like, a lot of people don't even just, they just don't even know that they exist. So I just wanted to say, I think it's really cool that you're finding these places and like also that you're sharing it because I mean, I'm not trying to like knock going to like Belgium or Paris or or London or whatever. Of course, it's also like really amazing, but it's just really cool seeing um, such appealing content about places that people might not have otherwise thought to, to go see.
1: Right. Right. And I think that's one of the huge benefits and privileges of being able to live here is that you do have the time and the resources to explore you know just these smaller places or lesser known spots and and you get more familiar with the area and and you're able to see more of that kind of stuff so yeah like obviously we have been trying to hit major cities and and multiple countries but it's also nice to just like hop in our car or get on a train and like go somewhere two or 3 hours away that I truly didn't even know existed 2 years ago
0: <laughs> one thing i did want to ask is like this episode's coming out on thanksgiving well american us american thanksgiving I guess this will be your second one in, yes, in Vienna. So how yep. have you celebrated in the past? What are you guys planning for this year?
1: Last Thanksgiving, we, we kind of just had a Friendsgiving. We have multiple friends here that are American-Austrian mixed couples. Um, so we kind of rally our American friends together and they bring along other American friends or their spouses. And so, yeah, we just basically had a Friendsgiving and it was really fun um, and we're doing a pretty similar thing this year. Um, some people have moved away, unfortunately, so that it'll be a smaller group, but we'll just have a, a Friendsgiving. And sometimes it's interesting to see how we're able to pull together all like the American Thanksgiving foods. Sometimes you need substitutes or whatever, but yeah, I love Thanksgiving. So we definitely always prior- prioritize celebrating it here.
0: I've been doing something similar throughout the years, but it's never the same group and never the same exact, like, setup. Uh And so what I've always found is really cool is seeing, like, you can't really have every dish that you would have at an American Thanksgiving when you might have, like, an American-sized kitchen with an American-sized table. (laughs) Um, Right. So you kind of have to scale it back. And what ends up happening, at least in my friend group, is, like, pretty much everyone just brings, like, the dish that they can't have Thanksgiving without. And I love just getting to see, like, what is kind of a non-negotiable for this person? Like, which food is, like, the ultimate, like, you have to have this or it's not Thanksgiving? And I'm curious for you, what would, like, one or two of those dishes be that you're like, okay, we are having that no matter what?
1: Yeah, yeah. So really good mashed potatoes, all the butter, all the cream. (laughs) And then um, I would also just have to say cranberry sauce. Like, I love cranberry sauce with my turkey or chicken or whatever it is.
0: And do you find like a can of it or do you make it?
1: Um, I make it, yeah, here especially. I've had to make it from scratch. So last last Thanksgiving, I actually ran around Vienna like a mad woman looking for cranberries, but they've been more fr- frequent here. I've found them just in the grocery store by my house. So that's <laughs> lucky for me.
0: That's really lucky. I was actually thinking like that's one I've – don't, I don't know if I've ever had it since leaving – the U.S. maybe just once because it's hard to... Well, first off, the canned version, this like jelly can, which I don't yeah. even know if it's even that good, but you're not going to find it anyway. No, <laughs> um, no. And even finding like a the raw ingredients that you can make it yourself with is also not the easiest. So uh, I'm impressed. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Thanks. I'm, yeah. I'm really dedicated to Thanksgiving food. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> I started making um, a pumpkin pie. I, I usually mm-hmm. will make one for my workplace because I try to like Bring a little bit of my culture in now and again. And then I usually make one for my friends too. But what I think is kind of funny is like I'd never actually made a pumpkin pie before <laughs> because in my family growing up, like that's not how we divided it. Like someone else always made that and I just got to eat it. So my recipe that I've ended up making it with is from a Lithuanian friend who once upon a time had worked with an American who that was his grandma's recipe that she like converted into the metric system and like European ingredients. And then That's what she would make sometimes. And then she gave that to me when she was living here in Germany. And that's the one I make. And so I think it's really funny. I'm like, it's not even my own personal family (laughs) recipe, but it's a really good recipe. And it's amazing because it's already been like converted. You know, the recipe says like a can of pumpkin puree, which is not helpful because... Germany at least, does yeah, not have pumpkin puree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she kind of wrote in like, get this kind of pumpkin and prepare it in this way, and half of this kind of a pumpkin, or like this many grams of that pumpkin, is equal to a can.
1: Yeah, I mean that that's awesome. That's that's always the most difficult part about trying to make your classic American recipes over here because yeah, they don't have the same products, they don't have the same measurements. You know, you have to substitute all the the cream and the you know, all those different things. So that's great.
0: Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think I'll use that then to transition us to talk about our main topic today, which is trying to find out what the differences are and what similarities are between Germany and Austria, because I've been living on the west part of Germany. So I've only been to Austria like a couple of times. I don't know. How much do you know about Germany? How much have how much contact have you had with Germany? I don't
1: know a lot. I haven't seen the vast majority of it. We've driven through a number of times like really just through like bavaria area like we've driven through munich a couple times but yeah really haven't been much farther north than than munich or farther west so don't know much, honestly.
0: This is perfect then because we're like working off of a similar amount of familiarity. Uh-huh. And um, how we prepared for this is both of us just took notes over the last couple of days, like things that just stood out to us as like, yeah, this feels very German or this feels very Austrian and we're going to share them and then compare like, oh yeah, Germany has that too. Or like, no, I don't know that. So that's how we're going to approach this. And I'm going to kick it off with my first one because actually speaking of baking and making all these... American dishes and the the challenges. Um, One thing that's always stood out out to me here in Germany is that um, baking powder and baking soda and a couple of other like, I don't know, like baking yeast, like these kind of little powders where you need like one or two teaspoons, instead of coming in a box or a container, they come in little tiny baggies that are like um, pre-portioned, I guess. And you can just put a whole bag in if you know how much it is, which I never trust myself with. So I always end up putting in like, I grab like an actual teaspoon and measure it, <laughs> measure it out. Um, but I always find this like really, it, it, I don't know, it, it really throws me off every time. And I'm curious if Austria also has these little individual baggies of baking powder.
1: That's very interesting. Um, no, they do not have that. They, it does come in baggies, but just kind of like this refill size, but it's not a single serving. It's It's, you know, it'll last you a couple months or so.
0: I don't really like this system because I feel like I end up wasting more because I'll open a bag, use like half of it. Because of course, it's like portion for German recipes and like German bread baking or what have you. Uh-huh. And so for the US, it's a bit different. And I'll, I'll use like half of it or most of it and then not want to throw the rest out and then end up with like, I don't know, six months later, I find all these like half opened bags that are kind of gross <laughs> like because like the paper's not made to be like stored and stuff like that. And then also the baking, what is it? Baking powder is, uh, let's see if I get the chemistry right. It's once acting and American baking powder is twice acting. So when I make American style chocolate chip cookies, I actually, I, I brought back American baking powder and I use that because I found at least with the German baking powder, things don't get as fluffy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tons of little things like that where yeah. you just learn. You figure it out as you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or in my case, you don't and you just keep making bad like, yeah. bad chocolate chip cookies until one day you just give up.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you blame it on the
0: oven or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So what's your what's your first one on your list?
1: Um, let's see. One kind of along the lines of grocery shopping is just the manner in which they absolutely, like, throw your groceries at you as you're checking out, like, <laughs> they, it's, I mean, it's like, it's like a Hail Mary, like, they're just throwing groceries at you, um, which really stressed me out the first few weeks I was here. It just was a major, like, culture shock for me. Um, do they do that in Germany?
0: They absolutely do. And <laughs> they do not accommodate for that in any way. Like, in fact, they make it harder, which is to say, like, you know, when you scan the item and then you put it to the side and like, that's where you bag your stuff. And usually in the U S it's like a really large, like kind of landing pad for your items. Right. Yes. Um, and in, in Germany, it's like this tiny, tiny corner. Like I've seen some where it's like the size of an armrest. And so they're just kind of stacking your things there. And like, you're supposed to be getting it in your bag or in your cart in time. I got, I have no idea. I've, I don't really understand like how this was a good idea. And I feel like not only are they going fast, but they also like aren't building in a way for that to work.
1: <laughs> right. What I find myself doing is not even bothering trying to bag it in the moment and I just throw it back in my car or back in my basket and I take it to, you know, a counter or something and bag after the fact because I'm, like, so stressed about getting out of their way. Yeah. <laughs> um, and another thing that's been happening to me lately is they can't – the checkout person can't even be bothered to, like, scoot the grocery – like, Either they huck it at you or they, like, don't even push it past the scanner. So I'm, like, reaching all the way up to the scanner to, like, get the groceries from them. I'm, like, this is so funny.
0: Yeah, I've had that, too. And I'm, like, this seems Weird. Well, like, what's your plan for this, Sarah? I, I know, <laughs> know. And especially, I don't know if you guys still have these, like, plexiglass corona shields up, but yes, a lot yes, of our places do. do. Yeah, so you're, like, reaching around this the shield and, like, into their personal space to, like, grab your Yeah, can.
1: yeah. All, all all around uncomfortable. Just, you yeah. <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> know what to do.
0: Um, I'll keep it food based with my next one then um, and fall based. So, um, okay, for me, I don't think I really understood that pumpkin was a vegetable that you could cook with and eat until I moved to Germany because like I really only ever knew pumpkin as like pumpkin flavoring in pumpkin spice lattes or um, like a pumpkin pie or some kind of sweet thing. And I'd never, I mean, I guess I'd had butternut squash and things like that, but I didn't even think of squashes and pumpkins as the same thing. And I thought of pumpkins as like the thing you carve or you paint for Halloween, and we never ate any of that. So mm-hmm. when I got here, I was really surprised. They love pumpkins so much. They have so many different kinds, and they it's like a whole season here, and it's definitely a vegetable. So yeah, how is it with Austria? Are they also like pumpkin crazy? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I would totally agree. It's very much pumpkin is used as a savory dish. So they use it less in baked goods, less in drinks cuz in the states it's it's always super sugary, right? Like you have yeah. the pumpkin spice drinks, you have pumpkin cookies, you have I mean, you name it, they turn it into pumpkin spice and like pour a ton of sugar into it. <laughs> um but here, yeah, like you'll get pumpkin ravioli, you'll get I've I've had pumpkin cordon bleu or like pumpkin schnitzel basically, oh, wow. um, where it's literally just a like a slice of pumpkin that's baked and then breaded as if it was a, a schnitzel or like a <laughs> cordon bleu. I was very I was very shocked when I ordered and I realized it was just going to be a solid piece of pumpkin that was like breaded and fried. Um, but yeah, so I think very similar to what you're saying. Like it's very much just used as cooking and savory
0: dishes. This is actually reminding me that when I bring my pumpkin pie into work, every time I co work, like at this point, they know it. They, they've had it a couple times with me, but they were like, they would come and ask me. They were like, and you guys really eat it sweet like and it was hard for them to understand and they were like should I have it with coffee is this like a like is this lunch like they were really confused (laughs) about what to do with it
1: (laughs) what do I do with this yeah I've I've made um pumpkin chocolate chip cookies for like some of my Austrian friends and kind of the same thing they're like this is really good but I'm just like not used to it being sweet so yeah (laughs) all right what's your next one this is something that my husband and I really notice when we're like out hiking is that People really take the outdoors seriously here, especially when it comes to like their gear and the way they're dressed. Like we've just noticed that like it's so obvious who's like a true European or like a true Austrian because they will be color coordinated. They'll be wearing like this really nice like hiking gear, bright colors. An example of this is last season, my husband was looking for new ski boots and the guy that he was buying them from said that he was selling them just because he had bought like a new ski outfit and his boots didn't match his outfit. So he was selling these ba- <laughs> these basically brand new ski boots just because they weren't the right color.
0: Wow.
1: <laughs> so I don't know if you've noticed that in your, in your hiking.
0: Okay, well, here's where I can't say if it's Freiburg specific, like the city I live in, or if it's Germany. But um, people in these parts are um, – I would say, how can I say this politely, like wouldn't have that concern for how they look. (laughs) Okay. Like they definitely have the sim like a similar level of like, oh yes, you have to be prepared in the like proper clothing. And like, that's really, really important. I sometimes will just go with a friend on a hike and I'll just be wearing like a skirt or normal clothes and just Hiking boots, and as long as I have like the right jacket or something, I think that's completely normal and fine. And and yeah, no, that's not normal to people here. (laughs) Like they're really like they have their like all weather pants and and all this kind of stuff. Um, But yeah, the like at least in this area, like no one's really got the mindset for like the fashion aspect of it. So we always kind of joke like if you're traveling somewhere you can like tell the german because it's, it's also a specific brand like jack wolfskin do you know this brand
1: oh yeah yeah uh-huh.
0: yeah okay so you guys have that too <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, head to toe jack wolfskin and like there's no thought to it other than like, but is it functional and is it doing what I need? And like, I actually just person, I just bought new hiking boots and I was trying to get ones that look kind of cute. Cause like often when I'm traveling, that's the only shoes I'll bring with me. And I just was like, yeah, if I get like standard brown ones, they at least kind of work within, you know, any outfit. Yeah. Um, and no, I could not find that. Like I ended up with these ones that are super sportsy looking. And when I kept trying to explain to people, like that I like the people at the store or whatever, like, do you have anything similar quality, but that looks good? They were kind of like, What? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, I, you know, maybe it's just because my husband and I are, we're very low key and we like wear a lot of secondhand things or we've had the same pieces of clothing or whatever for like years. And we also are very, yeah similar we're into very neutral like colors for all of our outdoor clothing so we always just feel like we stand out as these like these scrubs who like aren't dressed well like we're usually we're, we're always dressed appropriately but our colors definitely don't match the bright oranges and bright blues <laughs> and these matching sets like it's it's really funny to us
0: yeah <laughs> So my next one is when you're taking a train somewhere, if it's like a a regional train or even like the Strassenbahn, which is the like the tram, like the inner city above ground train... If if you're nearing your spot, like the right thing to do is to like stand up, gather all your things and be standing with your nose like at the door before it even gets close to stopping the vehicle and like opening. Like you should really be ready. And even if the entire tram is full of like school children and people commuting to work and you don't have any elbow room, like you still should find your way to the door. And also if I'm someone who's not getting off the stop and I'm standing kind of in the way of somebody else's. Path to the door, they would expect me to like somehow get out of the way so that they can be standing at the door before they get to their stop. Because it's like very, very important to everyone that they're that they're right there, that when the door is open, those people get out and the new people get in. Do you guys have that right. too? Uh,
1: I I want to say it's half and half. I would say you get the people who are very much like that, where they're like, There's order and this is how it should be. And yeah, everything you said. But then I also feel like, you know, I'll just be sitting in the middle of the aisle and some people will kind of forget that it was their stop and just pop up and push through everyone. So I I would say half and half kind of depends, but it's not so strict.
0: Okay. Yeah. Then I guess it is a bit different because I've definitely like, I've had times where the tram's really full and I'm standing kind of in the middle with like nowhere to hold on to. And so, and someone will be like, oh, are you also getting out? And I'm like, what do you like? No, I'm not. I'm just trying to like not fall over. And they're like, oh, well, I need to get out. Can you can you let me by? And I'm like, I can't. I actually really can't because I'll, I will fall over or fall into someone. And like still, even then, even though it's completely clear that that's like a logistical is- issue. It's not like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, that was weird of me. It's like, no, like, I'm in the wrong and I should find a way to let them by. Yeah. Um, So it's, like, very kind of strong in that way. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I don't think it's quite that strong. The only thing that is similar is that, you know, once the doors do open, you absolutely – Make way for the people getting on and off, and specifically the people who are getting on the train have to wait to the side as people get off of the train, yeah. and then the people who are waiting on the sides can go in. Um, I've I've seen people get pushed out of the way or yelled at if they were trying to get onto the the train before they let everyone off. That they're very strict about that.
0: Yeah. Okay. So this one sounds like it's partial consistency between the two countries but not complete
1: yep this maybe goes back a little bit to like the dress thing but there's this overall pretty good potential of being like yelled at or had comments made at you specifically by older people for like a number of reasons like Jaywalking is a big no-no. Like if you jaywalk, old people are guaranteed to kill you. Or if you're not appropriately dressed for the weather, people will either say <laughs> something to you or like just stare at you. Or like if things aren't as efficient as they would like, like in the grocery stores, if you know there's a one-line forming for one casa that's open, like one cash desk or whatever, you'll have like an old lady like yeah like zweite kasopitta, like Please, like open this open another um line i'm assuming that's similar to germany but
0: what would you say a hundred thousand percent yes <laughs> oh my god yeah the whole time you were saying this i was like dancing around like uh uh-huh. <laughs> i have such a laundry list of times that this has happened because i also in my day job i work Um, in a public library where most of my customers are exactly that demographic. And I get yelled at, like I've gotten yelled at by customers for like answering the phone too loudly at my job, <laughs> where I was speaking in a normal volume. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to tell you, my guy. Like, this is literally what this place is for. And like, I can't, I don't know. Um, yep. But it's just any, like, anything is fair game. Another one at work was, I think the one that, like, mostly blew my mind above all else was, like, is the end of the day, we're closing the library, and I'm going around and pushing the, the chairs in. Because another thing, kind of culturally, that stood out to me is, like, they don't, Put their chairs in when they're done. They just leave them like open or out into the aisle mm-hmm. or wherever they were, like, which is really crazy to me because we were definitely like really drilled at school. Like, you push your chair in when you're finished standing up, you know? So, mm-hmm. anyway, I'm going around and pushing the chairs in, and someone <laughs> comes up to me and is like, Um, no, no, you need to be leaving them out. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, because when the people come to clean the building in the morning, it's actually easier for them to get under the table when the chairs are out. So like you, like she was trying to correct me to to like leave the chairs in the middle of the aisle. And I was like, why, why? Okay, why is this a thing that you feel like you need to tell? Like you don't work for the cleaning staff. You don't have anything to do with this. Like, why are you telling me this also? The cleaning staff right. also vacuums in the aisles, so if the chairs are in the aisle, then they still have the same problem. I, yes, <laughs> so. it, it really comes down
1: to this funny idea of just being very inserting themselves into people's business that is just absolutely not their business.
0: Right, um, yeah, and like having really strong convictions about like how yes. it should be. <laughs> yes,
1: absolutely. I also just feel like I get people staring at me a lot, most likely for my clothing choices, because... I run very hot most of the time so even when it's cold outside or it's starting to get cold outside I feel like people here just automatically bundle up as if it's mid February oh but God, in yeah. reality <laughs> it's like it's like mid 50s or like low 60s and I'm like still just actively sweating and so you know I just feel like people are always staring at me cuz they think I'm like underdressed I'm like guys I'm I'm sweating so yeah like last fall we were doing this long day hike like we'd been hot hiking all day we we're just maybe less than 30 minutes from getting back to our car. Now I passed two or four older people and she said something to me and my German really wasn't great but I I kind of got the gist of what she was saying to me about and she was saying like she was asking me why I was wearing a tank top um while I was hiking because this was late <laughs> it was late October so like it was a slightly chilly day but I was just so hot so sweaty which, if she had looked at my face, like like how could she not notice that I'm like really hot? <laughs> but she still like felt the need to like ask me why I was t- wearing a tank top. So in like my horrible broken German, I like explained to her how hot I was, <laughs> and she was like, oh, "Okay," just kind of laughed at me, and like I kept going. But I just think it's so funny that like don't you think I'm old enough to like know how I need to be dressing for my body I don't know
0: <laughs> right 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 well but here too like there's absolutely that concern about like being prepared for all weather and my favorite days to work at the library is like if I'm working the main desk where like ever you can see everyone entering and leaving the building on a day where it might rain it's the funniest thing in the world to me because people come in and out in like head-to-toe rain gear And, like, especially if it's one of those days where it doesn't end up raining and it's, like, sunny out. And it's just so funny to me because, like, that's just not how I don't – I mean, at least in my experience, like, in the U.S., it's not how people would prepare for, like, a rainy day. Um, Right. And here it's everything from, like, they have covers for their shoes, for their pants, for their jacket, for their helmets, um, and just – I mean, the backpacks, and they are ready for, like, a real adventure. And then I'm like, okay, if that's how you think, like, you should be getting ready for a day where it could potentially rain, then, of course, it's, like, so crazy for them that, like, yeah, you're walking around in a tank top yeah. in the in, yeah. in October. Oh, my goodness. And and.
1: And I mean, what she may not realize is that, of course, I have every layer I could possibly need in my backpack, but right. I'm choosing, <laughs> choosing not to wear it because I'm so hot. So yeah, yeah. it's just funny.
0: <laughs> so here's a kind of weird one. Um, I, I'm starting a Volkshochschule class. This is like the almost like the local community college. Like it's just kind of continued education or like adult learning Anyway, I'm starting a class in the evenings this week and I signed up for it like a month or two ago, but I just, I still haven't received any kind of reminder email. Uh, Here's how I would know it from the US is like, if you signed up for a class like this, you would be getting an email like the week before being like one week left until your new class starts. Here's everything you need to know. And like, you know, the day of you might even get like a reminder text message being like, see you tonight for da, 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 da. Um, Mm -hmm. And here, like, that's so not the case. So like when I signed up, I got an email saying it will begin on this day in this building at this time. And like, that's the last I'll ever hear from them. I'm just expected to like have read that email, find that email, come to that place on that time and, like, there's no way that the class will will get moved to a different building or, like, I don't know. Like, they they just knew months ago exactly what would happen and they told me it then and that's it. That's kind of a weird one to express, but I think, like, yeah, uh, this sort of, like, self-responsibility culture, this, like, expectation that, like, you are organized and a responsible adult and you will have written this down and, like, prepared yourself accordingly and they don't need to remind you. I guess that's kind of what I'm getting at. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I I would say that that's probably pretty similar. I think it's very much like you're on your own, figure it out, no excuses if you miss something or forget something. I would say it's pretty similar.
0: Um do you want to hit us with one last
1: observation? The amount of places that are cash only is just absolutely shocking to me. I never carried cash before I moved to Europe and now you basically have to have it on you to survive, I feel like. I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing that's also similar to Germany.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I mean, with yeah. Corona, there were some places that shifted to accepting card payments, but they shifted back already. Like, it, it was not a permanent change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I In fact, I – like, this has become so normal to me. Um, a couple weeks ago, I was getting dinner in Vienna with a friend And they... Had a sign that said "card only," and what? I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure my jaw actually dropped when I saw the <laughs> sign because I, I mean, I was shocked. I have not seen that since I was in the states, so I thought that was really funny.
0: That yeah, that's absolutely here too, and it's it is actually really interesting to hear that that's the case in Austria as well because I found at least through my travels in Europe so far, I really cannot predict where is going to be which way, but like some countries are totally ca- um, card only and they want nothing to do with cash. And then some are completely cash only and then some are kind of somewhere in the middle. But like it's not consistent, I guess, in, in my yeah. experience. You know, it's not like everywhere I've been in Western Europe is one way and Eastern is the other way or something like that. Like it's really kind of sporadic. So I, I, in my mind, there would have been no guarantee that Austria and Germany have that in common, but it sounds like they they definitely do. Right, right. Um, this is really interesting. So it sounds like overall, I would say there's a lot of at least partial similarities and definitely a lot of like complete similarities. Um, But it is really interesting to me, like these ones that we came across where something about whatever our observation was, was familiar to the other person, but not to the same exact details or to the same exact uh, extent. So like the clothing thing or the tram exiting situation, like it's really interesting. You can tell that there's something common there, um, but yet there's kind of a different spin. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we're going to round the corner and head to home with the ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. So it's a rapid fire question round where I ask you three questions that you answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. I am ready. <laughs> All right. If you could have your dream one week vacation anywhere in the United States and it doesn't have to be connected to like family or visiting people, where would you go?
1: Um I would definitely go to southwestern United States in the desert so like Moab or southern Utah or New Mexico.
0: True, you're not getting any of that in Europe for no, sure. No, no, wow, it's yeah.
1: it's yeah, it's sad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, if you could live for 3 years in one of the places that you visited in 2022, which place would you choose for 3 years? Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh, um I First thing that came to mind was northern Italy, like the Dolomites or uh, Slovenia.
0: Heck yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah! that would be really cool. Oh my gosh, and the Dolomites, there's so much to see and do and eat. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. So Very amazing.
0: Good All right. And finally, we are approaching the end of 2022. Um, what is one thing that you hope to do before the end of the year?
1: Um, for, First thing that comes to mind is just like hitting as much Christmas markets in as many places as possible. Very, very good. So tell people where they can find you and follow your amazing travels. I'm on Instagram primarily, and then TikTok also a little bit as well. Um, My Instagram is average.joe.adventures. That's just Joe is J-O. And then same thing on TikTok, Average Joe Adventures. And then um, my blog is also Average Joe Adventures. You can um, find the link to it on my Instagram
0: Thank you so much for coming on and doing this episode. It was really fun to talk Thanksgiving and travels and then learn a little bit more about Germany and and Austria, these two neighbors. Yes. Thank you so much. It was tons of fun. Links to Joe's Instagram, TikTok, and blog are in the show notes. Thank you again, Joe, for coming onto the show and sharing your experiences in Austria. And hey, thanks for the travel inspiration as well. Also in the show notes, you will find the link to Fagapadfo, the charity challenge that I am putting on with Sean of the Germany Experience to raise funds for Ukrainian children and youth to get free psychological help in their mother tongue, no matter where they are in the world. Go ahead, click over there donate 5 euros donate 500 euros donate whatever you can we appreciate every last bit you can also make sure you're following me on instagram at the expat cast, and you can visit me online at the as always i want to thank amy lungi art for the logo and side hug for the theme music they're on instagram at a hug from the side on thursday i'll be back in your feeds with an episode about intercultural relationships and how to build a healthy and a happy one till then have a wonderful week Bis dann. Tschüss.